Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast with Hal Elrod. I'm your host, Nick Polkuski, and you're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you take your life to the next level faster than you ever thought possible. In each episode, you will learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals that most haven't. He is the author of the number one best-selling book, The Miracle Morning, a Hall of Fame business achiever, an international keynote speaker, ultra-marathon runner, and the founder of VIPSuccessCoaching.com, Mr. Hal Elrod. All right, welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, Hal Elrod, and Goal Achievers, thanks for tuning in. Uh, when you are listening to this podcast, um, well, it's the new year. We're, we're, we're right on the new year. Uh, it's 2016, and uh, I'm excited for today's episode for a few different reasons. In fact, this is a repeat guest, and we've only had, I, I actually don't know the exact number, but not very many. Let's just say we've had not very many repeat guests. And today we're bringing on Pat Flynn, the one and only Pat Flynn, who uh, was on the podcast a while back. I should have looked up the episode number, but we, we did an episode called Creating a Seven-Figure Income Stream. And it was an interview with Pat Flynn. And if you don't know who Pat is, I'm going to give you just a, kind of a quick bio. And he has a new book coming out. And I actually, uh, anything that Pat does, I'm totally into just because of who, I mean, really because of who Pat is like, you know, you, you know, somebody who you admire, who you maybe you've learned from there, or maybe it's just like a celebrity that you know of that, like any, if their movie comes out, you're like, dude, if Will Smith is in the movie, I'm seeing the movie, right? Like Pat Flynn is one of those people for me. Like if Pat Flynn is doing it, dude, I'm in, I'm in, I'm buying the book. I'm going to the event. Um, you know, I'm listening to his podcast. Uh, if Pat's doing it, uh, I believe in Pat and I believe in his message and I believe Believe in his heart, and uh, and so that's why I am excited to introduce you to the new book that he has coming out called "Will It Fly?" And we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But uh, before I do, I want to give you a little bit of background on who Pat is. Again, we had him on uh, a while back on creating a seven-figure income stream, and if you met Pat, you would never guess that he had created a seven-figure income stream because he is like just the sweetest, most humble guy, uh, most down-to-earth guy you've ever met in your life. And it really started for Pat. Um, he was a promising, ambitious young architect from UC Berkeley, but he found himself laid off at the height of the economic crisis in 2008, right, with so many of us uh, suffered the consequences during that time. And Pat really really had no plan B. And uh, he made the most of his buffer period before his termination where he learned how to launch a podcast. And he now hosts the Smart Passive Income podcast. It's one of the most popular podcasts, one of the highest rated podcasts in the entire world. And um, it's uh, it's a great podcast, particularly for entrepreneurs. So uh, if you are a podcast listener, I, I definitely encourage you to pause this podcast and, uh, and go subscribe to Smart passive income with Pat Flynn. Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that, and uh, and and I'll let Pat come on, and uh, and we'll we'll share a little more of his story, and and specifically uh, we're gonna get into the the book interview today on his new book, Will It Fly? Pat, are you on the line, my friend? I am, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. 
how I, and I just want to thank you personally for all that you've done for myself and for everybody else out there with Miracle Morning. I mean, it's literally changed my life. It has allowed me to write this book and I, I could talk more about that in a little bit. And, you know, I, I wish you were around. I wish I knew about uh, w- what you had to offer back when I first started my online business. Actually, my first business was was actually not the podcast. It was a uh, site to help people pass an exam that I took as an architect. And mm, that's, that's what right. kind of was my first foray into online business. And then I created Smart Passive Income to talk about all that stuff. Stuff, plus other businesses I've created and the podcast is, is going very well. Uh, Hal, your episode on my show has been one of the most popular for sure. I keep getting emails about it and and like I said, it's changed so many lives, including mine. So just wanted to thank you personally before we get started here. Yeah, man, I, I, I receive the the thank you and it, it, again, the feelings are definitely uh, mutual. So uh, so Pat, let's let's just dive right in, man. Um, you know, there there's a lot of different. You've been on a lot of podcasts. If people want your whole backstory, they can go listen to the first episode that we did on creating a seven figure uh, income stream. But I, I really want to dive into to your book because I know that uh, you know, as a fellow author, when I have a book coming out, dude, there's nothing else <laughs> that <laughs> well, I would you. rather talk about, uh, you know, <laughs> or or share with people uh, than my book. And so, will it fly? The uh, the tagline, the subtitle, if you will, is how to. Tell Test your next business idea so you don't waste your time and money. Uh, and I love it. So as a fellow entrepreneur, um, this is a book that I'm excited to read. Uh, why don't you talk about, uh, you know, why did you write the book and, and what's it going to do for people? Yeah, so, so, you know, I've been doing online business for seven years and I get a lot of people who email me asking me questions about certain things. And it's also really cool because I have another podcast called Ask Pat, which comes out five days a week. And on that podcast, on that show, I field a voicemail question from an audience member five days a week, which is really cool. And as a byproduct of that show, I get dozens of questions coming in from people every day. And by far the number one question people that, uh, who are uh, in online business or who are starting an online business, what they have is that their number one question is, how do I know that the thing I'm working on or my idea is actually going to work out for me? How do I know I'm not wasting my time? Mm. Uh, and then I ran a survey earlier that actually com- confirmed that this was actually the number one issue that people had. And, you know, of course, it, it's, it stops people from moving forward. I know a lot of uh, people who, who are out there, we have great ideas and we have these, we feel motivated at times to, to work on these things, but then all of a sudden we just worry that, well, what if this doesn't work out? And, you know, how do we know? And uh, there yeah. are certain things that you can do to increase the likelihood that you will succeed. Uh, but not only that, to, to, to know whether or not this is an idea that will work out for you as opposed to, you know, what traditionally people do is they build a business or they create something, you know, the, from writing a book to uh, building a business to creating a physical product, whatever it is, they, they spend time and money on that. And then they go to the rooftops when it's done and they shout and they go, my like buy my thing and you know nobody buys it and they're wondering why and it, it could be for a whole number of different reasons and that's why the the proper validation process which is essentially what this book is about it's a validation book to, to validate that idea before you build it um it, it's an iterative process so along the way you can see where the failure points are and then you can go in and focus on that before moving forward and which is which is really cool it kind of walks people through and holds people's hand through that process but you know the, the, there are kind of two parts of validation that i talk about in the book there's the obvious one like i just mentioned which is how, do, how does that product, how does that business idea fit into the market you're getting into? Obviously, that's very important because any business is essentially a solution to other people's problems. So you want to make sure that that actually solves another person's problem. And, you know, it is, is it something that they would actually pay for? But, you know, rewinding a little bit, it's actually important to consider how this idea or how this business that you've just started or, or that you're going to start fits with you. Like, how does this validate 
who you are and your strengths and does it complement those strengths? Does it fit into your uh, five-year plan, for example? And that's actually a really important thing that a lot of people skip over. And, you know, I know you go to a lot of conferences, Hal. I do too. And a lot of times late at night we're talking, we're talking about life and we're getting, you know, really deep in, in conversation. And I've discovered that a lot of entrepreneurs who are very successful, you know, they have very successful businesses. They often feel unfulfilled. They are not successful parents or they, they are not successful spouses. And that's obviously a very important part of, of life. And, you know, a lot of times people start their own journey into online business and entrepreneurship to have flexibility and freedom, but they found themselves at the top of the wrong ladder, if that makes sense. You know, they've climbed to the top of the ladder, but it's not the right one. And so, you know, they rushed into things. They, they, they latch onto the, this low-hanging fruit that's available, these opportunities, without really considering how that fits into their overall story. And so, you know, the book does a good job through certain thought experiments in walking people through the process of, well, how, how does this idea, even before we get into, you know, refining that idea and testing it in the market, how does this, if this were to work out, fit into you and your life? And actually, through running uh, a lot of these thought experiments with people, people have found... Uh, out really quickly that you know what they thought would be right for them isn't and to find that out now before even getting started is really important as opposed to you know obviously two or three years down the road when you know even if it were to be successful that to, to understand then that it doesn't work out that that's kind of you know that that's unfortunate but it does happen no you're right what well, you know you mentioned it's the number one question and it's funny one of my uh, coaching clients my my private one-on-one -on -one coaching clients yesterday that was his question he he came to the call and he's like oh, no the way. number one thing i want to talk about today and this is a successful business person but he's considering he, he has like three different companies but they're considering pursuing a specific niche and you know putting all their energy into like marketing to this one niche mm -hmm. and um you know you're you're exactly right it's like that, that the, the, this to me is you know pat maybe become required reading in for any MBA. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's what I would hope. I mean, that's that's my vision. You know, you talk about visual, visualization. And I remember when you were on my show, you talked about how when you were writing Miracle Morning, you imagine people reading this book and actually going through their savers in the morning and all that stuff. And, and I'm visioning uh, a few things. Uh, people reading this book and having one of two things happen. Either they read this book and they immediately understand that this idea that they had uh, is is just not going to work out for them or just doesn't fit in the market and to have them be really happy and and knowing that that's good that that's a win that that uh, knowing this now is a good thing or going through it and essentially validating their idea and then being super motivated through this process to continue moving forward and i know like you said you have students I have students that I work with too, and a lot of times what people need is simply permission sometimes, right? Like they have great ideas, they know what they need to do, but they just want to hear from somebody else that yes, this is something that you should be doing. And I want this book to be sort of a permission giver, I guess you could say, um, for for people as they move forward. But yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that you say that. This is a very, very common question, and it's unfortunate because you imagine how many people with great ideas who if they just were confident, a little bit more confident or had clarity on what, what the next steps were, you know, what those ideas could become and how many people that that idea could potentially serve and, you know, how many people that that's not happening to because of these, these initial fears that we have. So, you know, I try to break this process down and I, I also, you know, one of my pet peeves with books and one of the reasons why uh, I love your book so much was because, you know, it really showed people how. Like the how, you know, yeah. I love how and how like are synonymous with each other because you show people how to do it uh, with, with books. Like I love reading books, but one of my biggest pet peeves is the ones that tell me why and what and they kind of they're very motivating, but they yeah. don't tell me how. Yeah. And so this book actually does walk you through the process and I walk through the process with you. I think, you know, through the initial test that we, we did with uh, some of the initial readers and the launch group. 
you know, they're really happy that, you know, even for these initial thought experiments, which are very inward lurking, like I do those with people through this book. And so people feel like, you know, they're not, they're not alone in this. And so, you know, I try to be there as much as possible as an example, as much as I am a, a guide through this. I, you know, before we, we dive in, I want, I want to talk a little bit more about the five sections because you really, it sounds like, you know, from obviously the book's not out yet. I haven't read it yet, but, but from just the description and the synopsis and all of that and kind of breaking down of what I know of it, um, you know, you really do hold people's hands and it really is like, it's just such a comp, comp, complete comprehensive process that you walk them through. But I want to touch on something that you just touched on and, um, and that is, I'm so glad that you're taking this angle of not only validating the business idea for the marketplace, but validating it for ourselves. And mm -hmm. one of my, uh, I have a financial coach and my financial coach recently, so I, uh, I have a friend who's making a killing in mobile home parks. And uh, he owns, like, he's basically retired. He's like 29 and he's retired because he has a couple more home parks and it makes him like 28 grand a month and he doesn't have to work anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and so for what my coach explained to me is, you know, I was like, hey, this seems great. And I basically was explaining all of the numbers. You know, you buy a park and this and that and and uh, it makes you cash flows. And he said, Hal, there's, there's, always, there's always two considerations when it comes to any investment in any business. And he said, number one is that, you know, there's the financials. Obviously, it's got to make sense financially or there's no point in starting the business. But he said, number two is it's got to make sense emotionally. It's got to make sense in terms of the lifestyle that that investment or that business is for you. And he said, do you want to go around, scout out? Do you want to fly around the country, look at mobile home parks, you know, check out fixed plumbing, deal with any meth labs that you're like all this stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, that sounds horrible. And he's like, all right. So he's like, you were you were excited about the metrics, the financials of the opportunity. But when you actually look at what it entails in terms of the lifestyle, you don't want to do it. So he said, in, that, in my mind, it's a no. So I love, Pat, that you address that in this book. It's not just, is this an idea that can make you money? Is this a, but is this an idea? Is it, a, you know, is it a business that will make you happy? Right, right, right. That's more important in the end. So yeah, absolutely. And actually, it's interesting you say that because I I met a person recently who had gone through a similar journey through the ideas that they had, and uh, she had this idea. She loves to ski. Her family loves to ski. It's like one of their favorite things to do, and they loved it so much that they had considered through some of their connections to create a a, a top of the line ski clothing company, which you know on the surface made sense for them, and they were really interested in like you said the metrics. But then you know after considering what that would actually entail. Um, it would it would take away the joy of that hobby for them, and it would turn it into something that would be just not fun anymore. Yeah. In terms of like the family outing and those experiences, like they would then go skiing and not think about fun with the family. It would be thinking about business, and you know it's very easy for them knowing that that's not what they wanted to say no to that opportunity. You know, and I think that you you like I know you love what you do, and I love what I do, and, and to me, I'll take that every day over you know like if I have to choose what's more important, quality of life, you know how you live every day, and and what you're the work that you do, and and being you know uber rich, like I'll, I'll take quality of life. I remember probably five, maybe even seven years ago, I was coaching uh, a client. We'd been together for a couple of years, working together, and we'd gotten really close, and uh, you know we we I transparently he asked me to share my financials with him, and I shared him how much 
much money I was making. And, um, you know, and that I probably, you know, maybe cleared six figures that year or something. And he, uh, he said, you know, Hal, he goes, I, I'm surprised. I thought you were making at least a million dollars a year. He said, you, you've got all the knowledge and the, this and the, that, and you, you know, and he threw out a couple different, like you could do this and make a million a year or this and make a million a year. And he threw, mm-hmm. and I just said, dude, I said, I, I'm on a path to do what I love and what I believe in and where like, and I'm like, and, and I'll, I'll get there eventually. I'm like, but I won't sell out. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take those opportunities that he that he rattled off. I said, I'm not gonna take those just because I can make more money now, um, versus creating a lifestyle and 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 work that I absolutely love. So yeah, yeah I think that uh, I think that you're you you know you walk the talk, and if anybody's qualified to guide people through that, uh, Pat, you know, it's it's definitely you. So let's talk about the so the five sections in Will It Fly: Mission Design development lab, system checks and analysis, flight simulator, and then finally section five, all systems go. Can you walk us through those sections kind of one at a time and what people can expect and when they read the book? Yeah, so mission design is really this first part that I talked about, which we had just uh, initially had a conversation about, which was the looking inward and, and making sure that this idea fits you. And there's actually a specific thought experiments uh, to help you consider what those things are. And the first one is called the airport test. And this is my favorite. This is like, let's say th- this is actually an adaptation of what uh, Keller Williams Realty International does when they hire people. And it's a hiring pro- uh, exercise that they use to not only gauge whether or not that person they're interviewing is right for them, but it's a way for them to make sure that they are right for the person they're interviewing. So it's kind of a back and forth, and it's the same way with your ideas. So the way it works is, let's say, how, for example, that you and I, we just lose a connection for whatever reason, and then five years down the road, we see each other at the airport. And, you know, it's, I'm just like, oh my gosh, how like, so good to see you again. How's life? And you say back to me, life is amazing. It couldn't get any better. And then I ask you, well, what, why? Tell me. And to help you through this process, you, you, what you would do is, uh, and what they have their uh, interviewee do is they, they fold a piece of paper into four quadrants and you categorize each quadrant into, you title them uh, one of the top four categories of your life. So it could be whatever you want. For me, it's family, uh, professional, financial, and health. And then you list down, you write down all the things that would make you say that life is awesome at that point in time, uh, at, you know, five years down the road. And this sheet of paper, for me, I'm actually staring at it right now. It's, it's right in front of me. Um, it is it becomes one of the most valuable things for you because this this becomes why you do what you do and what uh, you know the the basis behind all the decisions that you make and it, it it makes these decisions like we talked about earlier much easier actually I have a lot of opportunities coming my way that I can easily say no to even though I know they would make me a lot more money and they would um, be a lot of fun to do but it would take me away from two of the categories uh, quite heavily, including my family, which uh, makes it really easy for me to say no, because then it, I, in five years, I wouldn't be who I want to be as a, as a family man if I were to say yes to these opportunities. So uh, that, that, that's how like you look forward into the future and can consider how these ideas fit into that life. And actually, a lot of times when I've run just that exercise with people, these immediate red flags pop up that show people that this idea they had is actually not one that fits into their lifestyle and what they want. Um, the next exercise, uh, we're still in mission design, Okay. Uh, is going into the past and you actually, you know, you climb into your, you know, back to the future DeLorean, you go into the <laughs> past now and now you're looking at your history. You're looking at the previous jobs that you had or volunteer work or teams that you've been in, clubs and whatnot. And you actually pull out three, like I walk, again, I walk you through this process in the book. I actually shared my own examples too of 
different jobs and things, when you actually pull out your favorite memories and your least favorite memories, the things that you liked about those things and the things that you didn't like. Because you know how we go through life and we go through the motions and we don't often consider like what we like about what we're doing or what we don't like until much later. And when you look at the things in your past, you get to create and see these patterns on things that you know, like you're good at and what you liked and things that you didn't like to make sure that when you're moving forward in the thing that you're doing now and the thing that you're about to do, that you make sure to incorporate those things that you like and take away those things that you don't like. And then the last exercise, which is my favorite, it's called the shark bait test. This is where you, again, in a thought experiment, I love thought experiments because it's a way for you to just imagine yourself in certain situations. Like it's a fake situation, but it puts a real life context into things. Um, it's, it's like you're on the show Shark Tank, right? You know the show Shark Tank, right? Sure. Um, you're on the show. You just pitched your product idea to, uh, to, the, to the sharks and Kevin O'Leary there in the middle, he like presses his fingers together. And he says, well, how, what's stopping me from hiring somebody to do exactly what you just said? What makes you so special? And it's answering that question that is really important to answer now before you move forward because it's what makes you you. It's what makes you unique. And if you don't know what those things are, you're always going to be in the crowd instead of standing out of it. And you're always going to be somebody who is potentially working on stuff that you might not be good at. But once you know what your, quote, unfair advantages are, you can maximize how much of that gets put into whatever it is that you do. And that's what you would say to Kevin, like, hey, you need to hire me because nobody else could do this. Nobody else is like this. And that's why you'd be an idiot to go with anybody else. So those are the kind of mission design sort of, again, looking inward before even talking about what your idea is and how it works uh, to, to, to make sure that, you know, this thing that you have in your head is actually one worth considering moving forward with. Got it, man. So really, really a lot of front end work, right? So that you don't waste the time and money as your subtitle uh, leads to. So talk about well, this section two of the book, Development Lab. What's that yeah. about? Yeah, I mean, uh, part one is, is 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 fairly quick, actually. Those are just quick thought experiments. But part two is development lab. And this is where you take that idea you have and you refine it. You know, the brain is great at coming up with ideas and, you know, millions of ideas. Yeah. But it does a terrible job of organizing them. And that's really what part two is all about. Actually mapping the idea out visually in a mind map and actually creating order to it so that you can see and kind of uh, to turn this thing into something that actually makes sense so that you can then share it with other people because that's something you're going to have to do at some point. You're going to have to share this idea with people to allow them to poke holes in it, to gauge their reaction on it, and to have them improve it so it becomes something that your target audience wants instead of what you guess they want because that's that's the main thing here a lot of people come up with ideas based on assumptions and assumptions are great because they give you a seed but if you just base everything off of assumptions you're really likely going to fail you need to base it off of actual data like what we're doing here is we're taking these ideas in our head and we're shrinking them down into small scaled controlled testing environments, sort of like what they do in Mythbusters, right, with those myths, before you then go large scale. And the reason they go small scale is so you can see what happens, see what works in a very controlled environment where you're not going to, you know, kill yourself. And then once you figure things out in a way that they work, then you go full scale and, and all systems go, which is part five. Um, now, let's go into the third part, systems check and analysis, or the part that I like to call flight planning. This is where you then do research on that market. And this is where you're trying to match that idea with, with the market. And a lot of times people's ideas start to morph because now you're looking into the market and seeing what's existing in that space. So here's a great exercise that everybody can do, whether you have an idea already or you already have a business, this is something that you should be doing because this, this gives you a nice little resource afterwards too. So create your market map. And this is where you discover the three Ps of your audience. And this is really, really important, the three Ps of your market. The first P 
are the places, the places online and offline, the different blogs, forums, and communities where people in that target audience exist. The second P are the people, the influencers in that space who have already earned that trust with that particular audience. So you can find those easily on Twitter, like who has the highest following, blogs and personalities in that space. You wanna list all those people out. Then the final P are the products, and that's really important because you get to understand what what is potentially going to serve that audience that's out there already, how much they're paying for things, and what kind of products already exist. And when you have those three Ps, the places, the people, and the products, you have this amazing, even before you get into the space, this amazing bird's eye perspective on a market and often understand it better than people who are already in it. And you know, a lot of people feel like when they're coming in late to a niche, they feel like that they're at a disadvantage, right? Because, oh, there's other people doing it already. Yeah, sure. But you actually at a, at a huge advantage because you get to see it from the outside and can position yourself in a way that's better and different than what's already out there serving that particular audience. So it actually becomes a little bit easier for you to position yourself because if you're first to market in anything, it's hard to position yourself. But when positioning yourself and standing out from a crowd is understanding, well, really who's in that crowd so you can figure out how to stand out of it. And that that's where that that uh, third part of the book comes into play. It's a, it's, it's a fun, easy way to do market research. Market research is, sounds scary when yeah, you hear that word. Yeah, it sounds intimidating. I don't, <laughs> makes me feel stupid to hear the word. I'm like, I don't even really understand. <laughs> right, well, that's why I break it down for you. You know, the three yeah. P's. Like, and then I give you uh, ways that you can use Google to find all those different things, uh, w- which are really easy to do. And then the fourth part, which is the flight simulator. You know, the flight... I don't know if you've you've watched Apollo 13, the movie with Tom Hanks, sure. uh, Kevin Bacon, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. And you know they they go through these problems, and you know they come back to Earth, and they're all safe, and they're, you know they're like heroes. But you know who the unsung hero is? It's the flight simulator that allowed them to test everything uh, on Earth before actually implementing those things into space. And so the flight simulator becomes very important. Again, that's a way for you to see how things will work before you actually go out full scale. And so the flight simulator is where you actually are taking these uh, solutions that you have, with, which are essentially hypothesis based on the research that you've done, You know what it is that you feel like a good business idea would be, uh, and then testing it. And by testing it, I mean literally talking to people and getting them to pre-order it or pay for it upfront before your idea is actually built. And this is where the big difference is. Instead of going to the rooftops and shouting and asking for you know for people to buy stuff after you've built it, you're asking people who are early adopters to get involved now and to vote with a payment instead of their voice. Because a lot of times you can come up with ideas and then you go to people and you say, hey, what do you think of this idea? And they're like, oh yeah, I would totally buy it. But saying they're going to buy it is totally different than what people will actually do sometimes. So you need to make sure that you can get a few people to buy something. And I go through the calculations in terms of how to determine, you know, how many people you need, depending on what kind of business model you have. But those initial payments up front for your idea become pure validation that yes, this is actually something people would part money with and exchange for. Uh, and, and, and then what's cool is you're actually honest with them about this the whole time that you haven't built this yet. It's not like you're, you're faking that you have a product before you actually build it. You don't want to do that. There's there's people who have talked about validation before in that way. There's people who have, for example, I think um, uh, Tim Ferriss was the first, I think, to talk about validation. And it kind of really opened up everybody's eyes to this idea of getting people to um, say that they would buy something before you actually build it. And yeah. his, I, I don't know if you remember this, but in the four-hour work week, there was a chapter called Testing the Muse. And in that chapter, he talked about setting up a sales page for some e-commerce product. I think it was French sailor shirts or something. And to, you know, to determine whether or not people would actually want that, he would pay Google 
to send cold traffic to that website and he would keep track of how many people click on the buy now button. And hmm. that was a sign for him that yes, people would actually buy this. And of course, that thing wasn't available yet. So when people clicked on that, it would just say, sorry, we're out of stock, leave your email address. But there are ways to validate now that are, you know, not that that wasn't honest, but you can see how that's kind of a gray area. Well, yeah, now, sure. you, you know, you're saying, hey guys, I, this is, this is, this is the, the problem you have. I have a solution for it. If you really want this solution that I'm going to build, you know, I, I want 15 people to tell me, you know, and actually pre-order this. And if I get 15 people, I'll, I'll build it. If, if I don't get 15 people, well, I'll refund your money and I, and I won't build it and then I can focus on something that will help you. Um, so you can see how this is a benefit for, for really everybody. And it's cool because those people who are early adopters, it's not like to, they just pre-order it, order it and wait you know, two months till that thing's built. It's they pre-order it and then you work with them to yeah. turn it into something that they actually want. And you actually are using the guidance of your customers to create it, which then when you launch it full scale, it becomes this amazing thing that everybody can get um, get a lot of use out of. And you know, for, for people out there who might be thinking, well, it's kind of weird to get people to pay for stuff up front. Well, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, we're paying for stuff up front before it's even built all the time now. This is something people are getting used to. And uh, even even events, right? Events, uh, you pay for a ticket up front. You, you don't know exactly what's going to happen or what it's like. You get, uh, you know, but, but you're getting validation if you're creating an event that this is something you should do if you get ticket sales. And then you run the event and all's good after that. Uh, but again, that's, that's, that's the book. And then All Systems Go is just sort of my top lessons I learned in my years of entrepreneurship that people can take forward with them as they then go full scale with their project. So great. I love Flight Simulator. You know, I love that you're, the idea of testing, I think for most people it's foreign. I mean, you, you don't see it often, but you do see some top marketers that, that take that approach that go, hey, I'm thinking about launching this coaching program where I teach people how to write a book or I, you know what I mean? Like who's interested? And then they find out, right? So it's, it, yeah. it's not, it's not a guesswork. Like you said in the beginning, most people, they go, I think this is a great idea, right? Then hope is their strategy. <laughs> and then they create it all this time, money, energy, and then they shout from the rooftops and, you know, hopefully it worked out and, you know, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but what you're this, this, this methodical, and I use that in the, you know, in the, in the, in the, best possible way, but this methodical, really thoughtful approach um, to validating your uh, ideas, your products, your programs, your services, anything anything that you want to produce or create into the world. Then it could even be validating a nonprofit, right? Oh, absolutely. Ab absolutely. Um, it, there's, I mean, anything really. There's a yeah. story in there about Noah Kagan who runs a company called AppSumo. He was actually challenged by his uh, audience to, because he's a pretty public fig figure in the online business entrepreneurship space and he talks about a validation a little bit and so his audience challenged him to validate an idea uh, using this pr pretty much the same framework and that they would come up with the idea and he would have to validate it. And so they actually came up with this idea for beef jerky. So then he went around and talked to a bunch of people like I, I had talked about earlier, just getting to know people's buying habits and how they think about jerky. And he discovered through initial conversations that people love jerky because it's healthy, it's convenient, it, it stays quite well. Um, but also when they purchase jerky, they don't really consider the brand name or you know they just like it because it's there and if it's there, they'll eat it. So he came up with the idea in the development lab to come up with, this, he came up with a beef jerky subscription service where you could pay monthly to get beef jerky delivered to your home and it's just huh. it's just there. And it would just be sourced from different local beef jerky makers, whatever they're called, um, and you get to try different kinds all the time. And so he tested this idea by actually talking about it with people in gyms and then he went to offices that were already buying snacks for their employees and actually had them pay money up front 
for this idea. And he actually earned $1,000 profit in 24 hours from this idea. And actually, he had to hand it off to somebody else. Uh, Ryan is the CEO of Sumo Jerky now because it was just going so well. Uh, and uh, it's making over five figures a month now, which is which is pretty awesome. And that, wow, that's and that awesome. Was, that was validated within 24 hours. And you know, going back to the beginning and you know, the, the the reason why this is important, I mean, it, it, I don't know if you read the intro, how, but, you know, in it, I talk about a story about my son who yeah. on his third birthday, uh, you know, one of the first things I wanted to do with him when he was older, when I was, uh, when, when we had him was to show him how to fly or create a paper airplane. Cause that was like the coolest thing that one of the coolest things that I remember my dad and I used to do when I was little. And so on his third birthday, you know, I, I folded a piece of uh, paper into a just the normal sort of dart design paper airplane, and I and I showed my son Keone, and it flew, and he was just so excited, like his eyes lit up, like I, it was like I had done magic, right? I had turned this yeah. flat piece of paper into something that flew, and of course, being a three year old boy, he he grabbed a piece of paper and he started to fold it, and of course, I saw what he was doing, and it it, it ended up looking like a boat, really, more than a plane. <laughs> And, um, you know, he was like, look, daddy. And I was like, all right, that's awesome. Uh, you know, and I told him to throw it to see what would happen. He threw it. It didn't go anywhere. And he threw it again and just landed on his feet. And he literally said, I said, word for word, he said, I hate paper airplanes. Wow. Because he tried a couple times and it didn't work, right? And that's how a lot of people start their businesses, right? They see somebody else doing something cool. They attempt to go through the same motions. They might set up a website or get a domain or, or get a Shopify site, just set things up. But then when it doesn't work out, you know, the immediate reaction is just, ah, uh, this isn't for me. Let me go back to, you know, my, my Batman figurine that was, you know, entertaining to me earlier. And so, you know, that's how a lot of people start businesses. And it wasn't until... I actually showed him, you know, how to fold a piece of paper and go through the steps. And, you know, he created his own piece of paper airplane after following my advice and or, or my steps and he threw it and, you know, it went. And now he's like this maniac who uh, builds paper airplanes all the time. I mean, literally <laughs> this morning I woke up and he built four paper airplanes out of construction paper, all different colors, trying all different designs now. And that's the coolest thing. Like now he knows that he has to try and fail sometimes before yeah. getting to the, to the one that really flies. And and it's cool to see him progress. I mean, he's six now. And to see him progress from somebody who was just like, I failed, like this sucks, to I failed, let's try this instead now. It's, it's just really cool as a parent to see him go through that progression. Well, I will tell you that you, I did read that story, but you did just inspire me that I just folded a paper airplane while you told the story. And um, I have a three-year-old son, and so he is going to see his first paper airplane. Oh, nice. Uh, when we hang up uh, this podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, so, sweet. Thank you for the inspiration, my <laughs> yeah, friend. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Um, cool. Well, let's uh, let's kind of wrap it up. Um, the so, so this book, obviously, it's for entrepreneurs. Um, would you say that it's for, I mean, I, my impression is, I mean, I'm, I'm a seasoned entrepreneur. I, this, this feels to me, based on the content, that this is for every entrepreneur, whether you are a wantrepreneur where you haven't even really started yet, or you're just starting out, or you're, you know, you're, you're a seven-figure entrepreneur. W would you say it applies to uh, entrepreneurs all levels, or, or do you have a different perspective? It, it definitely does, and that's why it's your next business idea, not your first or your mm -hmm. your business idea. And so it's for everybody. I mean, for those just starting out, obviously, it helps walk you through that process. And even if you don't have an idea yet, you'll get ideas after the first few chapters, of course. But then for people who have businesses already, it's going to be great because we're always trying new things. And we're, we always have a lot of things uh, uh, going on, and some of us want to create side businesses and all that stuff. And you know, time is of the essence here. I really, really, this is what it's all about. It's, it's a time saver. 
driver. Um, you know, much like how Uber isn't really selling transportation, they're selling time. You know, mm -hmm. this book, you know, I feel like I'm helping people with their time too. And uh, to cut out that time and to cut out that, uh, or at least reduce the amount of risk that they have and the, the, the amount that they would potentially fail if you go forward with an idea. And also it's just about that clarity. It's clarity moving forward and confidence. Um, and that's really what it's all about. And that could, that's, you know, confidence is something all entrepreneurs need. And I know that oftentimes, even now that I'm a seven-year online business veteran, I, I lack confidence every once in a while. And it's nice to have systems in place and data to really make sure and help me, uh, you know, clarify my head and where it's at into the actions that I take moving forward. And that's why, that's why on my website, I call myself the crash test dummy, you know, and it's like, <laughs> when you really think about crash test dummies, you know, they're not just like uh, things that you put in cars and just like slam them into walls. It's like you do that. Yes, you try things, but then w what does it do? It gives you information about what just happened so that you can tweak things that you can, you know, use that as an example as you move forward. And that's hopefully what I've been able to do uh, here in this book. Yeah, that's great. And I, I do think that this is a book for, I think it's probably a great gift book for anyone you know that has a dream of starting a business that, that maybe they've let fear get in the way, you know, or the dream of, of, of even a mu being a musician or being an artist. Like you said, it's really validating anything. Uh, and I think in that way, it's so applicable to anybody listening. And for those of you listening that, you know, maybe you're not an entrepreneur yet, I, I've done episodes on, you know, why I strongly believe that every human being on the planet, uh, well, not every human being on the planet, but yeah, for the most part, uh, everybody should have a, a second stream of income in case that first stream dries up because you never know when the economy, you know, is going to mm -hmm. going to do a hat trick. So um, with all of that said, uh, yeah, man, I love it. Why will it fly? how to test your next business idea so you don't waste your time and money. Any closing thoughts, uh, Pat, before we wrap up? No, I just, you know, uh, Hal, I want to thank you again for the inspiration. I mean, really, I was able to write this book in, in during my Miracle Morning. I wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for the Miracle Morning, to be honest. And it, it kept my head clear along the way. It also gave me the time because I was able to wake up for myself and to write this book and you know, so in, in a way that uh, you, you are also helping everybody who ends up picking up this book too. So I want to thank you again uh, for that. And for everybody who's interested, all you have to do is go to willitflybook.com and uh, you can check it out there. Willitflybook.com. I love it. And Pat, a, uh, a small percentage of the royalties is thanks enough for, <laughs> for, for the, <laughs> the Miracle Morning inspiration. I should have that in the book. If, if you write your book during the morning, between the hours of 5 a.m. and 8 a.m., uh, please oh send gosh. me uh, 2% of your royalties. No. That's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, cool. Well, All right, but I love you. I appreciate you, Pat. Uh, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Congrats on the new book. And to all our listeners, go out there, pick up a copy of Will It Fly? I know that I uh, am doing it right now. I'm on uh, Amazon getting a copy of the book. And um, I look forward to uh, sharing it with, with uh, my clients, my circle of influence, et cetera. So, Pat, appreciate you, man, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. I appreciate you. Love you guys. Thanks. All right. Achieve your goals. Listeners, thank you for tuning in once again, and I will talk to you next week. Take care. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. So now we want to know what were your biggest takeaways from this episode with Pat? Uh, I He is honestly one of my favorite people to follow online. Uh, I've been listening to Smart Passive Income for years now, and I highly recommend you go check out him and his website and go get his new book, Will It Fly? I know that's one of the biggest struggles many entrepreneurs face. I've uh, dealt with this too, uh, not, be, not necessarily being confident 
in a product or a service that I'm creating and going through and following his testing process will help you find that confidence and let you know if your new product or service will fly. So go check it out again, halalrod.com slash 108 for episode number 108. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by going to halalrod.com slash iTunes, clicking the little subscribe button, and then leave, leave a rating and review. Those rating and reviews are the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because they help more people find out about the podcast and decide if this is the one for them. So now, until next week, it's time for you to go out there, take action, and achieve your goals. If you're looking to grow your business using podcasting, but don't have the time to edit the audio, insert the intro and outro, write up the show notes, post the episode to all the different sites, and do all of the ridiculous back-end work that's required, then you need yourpodcastguru.com, where you bring the content and we take care of the rest. We'll even co-host the show for you. Visit yourpodcastguru.com right now to explode your audience and crush it in the podcasting world.